This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese, and also joining us this morning, former Toronto Maple Leaf, Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good morning, Wally. How are you? And Lou, good. A couple of technical uh, difficulties with my phone right off the bat. Challenge of trying to do these shows remotely uh, can have its challenges. Uh, we're, we're all uh, we're all victims to the whims of uh, technology and uh, and cell phone signals. So we'll certainly uh, we'll do the best we can. Good morning, Lou. How are you? Good morning, Wally. Naz, everything's well here. Okay, well, let's see if we can keep it that way. Uh, Alabama, uh, you guys uh, got uh, crimson tide testosterone flowing through your systems. You must be excited about the game Monday night. I'll uh, turn it over to you, Naz, first. Yeah, kind of excited, but uh, the NFL is kind of taking over on my behalf. But we'll see tomorrow night. Uh, Alabama, Ohio State. Uh, Alabama right. gave, uh, gave Notre Dame its usual thumping. Um, Ohio State gave Clemson a, I would call, a somewhat surprising thumping. The national championship game is Monday night. Uh, Ohio State uh, seems like it might be a bigger challenge for Alabama than uh, than than the Tide and perhaps Clemson. So, Lou, is this going to be a competitive game? It's going to be a great competitive game. It's, uh, I, I think Ohio State is probably uh, a worse match than Clemson in against Alabama because uh, they've got five-star talent all over the place. You know, they got a great defensive front. they got uh, uh, great receivers. Uh, and the one thing uh, I, I would say that really is the uh, kryptonite with, uh, with Alabama is they got a very mobile uh, quarterback. And if Justin Fields is up to uh, the way he played last week, I think they're going to have their hands full. Uh, I, I think both teams will probably score in the high 30s and, and 40s. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of whether they can contain him and uh, maybe maybe give him a couple of whacks on his uh, broken ribs. <laughs> oh, uh, let's 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 hope that that doesn't happen. Uh, certainly not intentionally. Uh, we, we we don't want to see that. Um, let's talk uh, just to let our listeners know on the show today. Obviously, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the NHL. Uh, gets going this week, and what could be better than an opening matchup? The hated Montreal Canadiens and the Toronto Maple Leafs Wednesday night. The Leafs had their blue and white game last night. Uh, the NHL uh, split their divisions differently this year. So we will certainly uh, look forward to uh, the uh, NHL season starting. And after the first break, uh, we're going to be bringing on the show Mike Wilson, the ultimate Leafs fan. So uh, we'll talk about the Leafs and the NHL. Later on in the show, we're going to have something interesting. Uh, we're going to do golf in a different way this morning. Of course, 
those of you listeners have been uh, fans of ours for years will know that Sean Clement has been an important part of our show for years. He is the guy at Wisdom and Golf. He's got a different philosophy about golf and how to teach it and how to how to play it. Um, he's one of the world's great uh, teachers. He's got material on the internet. Uh, I think he's got up to 100 million subscribers now, if I'm not mistaken, or I don't know what the exact number is, but there's people all over the world. New book out this week called The Golf and the Grail, The Quest for Inspired Golf. And we'll be talking to Sean and one of his prize uh, pupils who's become a master teacher, Eduardo Montaz, who's joining us from Paris, France this morning to talk about the new book and talking about golf in a different way. Certainly looking forward to that. Naz, I'd be remiss. We've got a few minutes before we go to break. Our beloved Bills yesterday uh, played a, played a, I was talking about inspired. Uh, I thought it was a pretty inspired Indianapolis Colts team. They gave the Bills everything they could handle yesterday, if not more. I won't say the Bills were lucky to win this game, but there were a couple of crucial moments in this game that if they went a, a different way, specifically the uh, right before the end of the first half, um, the, the, the Colts decided to go on fourth and <clears throat> whatever it was next to the Bills' goal line, the Bills made a stand. If that went the other way, we might be having a different discussion this morning. Naz, Naz your thoughts on the game? Yeah, it's strange that he didn't kick the field goal. I feel surprised, right? You know, automatic three points, and then the Bills go down and score a touchdown. But the difference in the game, Wally, is uh, Josh Allen's legs compared to Phillip Rivers. Allen can run at any time. Rivers had to stay in the pocket all the game. And uh, that's the big key. Josh Allen playing incredible football right now. But uh, Talking about Josh Allen, this is the key stat from yesterday's game. Josh Allen, 300-plus throwing yards, 50-plus running yards, completed 70% of his passes. That trifecta has never been done in NFL playoff history before by a quarterback. 300, more than 300 passing yards, more than 50 running yards, more than completing more than 70% of his passes. First time ever. Here's one for you, Wally. First time in the playoffs. Uh, quarterback for the Buffalo Bills has scored touchdowns since Jack Kemp, nineteen sixty four. He's the guy, Jack Kemp. And of course, if that's uh, if that's karma, nineteen sixty four, the Buffalo Bills won the AFL championship. Uh, I believe they beat the San Diego Chargers. Not sure if they did it at the old War Memorial or if it was in uh, in Southern California. Probably the old War Memorial. I'm sure you. I'm sure you remember that stadium like it was yesterday, Mass. Yeah, <laughs> Lou. Yeah, Lou. Uh, let, let me uh, get you involved. On uh, you may not be as passionate about the Bills as uh, Naz and I, but uh, I don't know if you got an opportunity to watch the game yesterday. Um, certainly, uh, the Bills had their. They were they were up and down, but I think uh, it was it was kind of a tough game for the Bills. They hadn't won a playoff game in 25 years since 1995. Uh, had, you know, the last two years they lost in the playoffs uh, in games. They both, they could have won both of them, especially the game last year that had a large lead. I think they lost it in overtime. Uh, so some pressure there, but they seem to have gotten over the hump. Maybe they've uh, got a little bit of pressure and maybe they can go on a little bit of a run here. Lou, your, uh, your impressions. 
Well, I did watch the game there, Wally, and I was very impressed in the, in Josh Allen, uh, especially for a kid that never got a, a, a if you want to call it, never got a, a ticket in, in, in pro football by one of the, not pro football, but college football, because he wasn't a very highly regarded uh, quarterback coming out of high school. Uh, I, I think the, yesterday's game was amplified by two plays, as, as Nas said, uh, or maybe you said, the uh, them going on fourth down, and them not trying to put it in after, uh, instead of just going for the field goal, taking the three points, especially at the end of the, uh, at the first half. And then the, uh, the really dumb play by their defensive end on, on jumping on a fourth and two that, uh, kept that drive alive for Josh Allen to, uh, put his row uh, and take the ball in running wise. So, uh, it, it was a great matchup. Uh, I know I was watching, following, uh, Indianapolis most of the year. Uh, they had a great defense. It was a bad mismatch for the Buffalo Bills, but the good thing about it is they came out smelling like roses. Now they're going to be, uh, they'll get that behind them and get ready for probably, uh, uh, probably Pittsburgh or, uh, I would think it's going to be Pittsburgh today or next week. Well, Naz has got the, uh, he, 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 uh, educated me last night who the, who the Bills possible picks are. Naz, I'll turn it over to you. They, you can, they can only play Pittsburgh, Tennessee, or Baltimore. If Pittsburgh wins, they play Pittsburgh. If Cleveland wins, they play either Baltimore or Tennessee. So there it is. Well, I, I guess, I guess at, when you get into the playoffs at this level, especially this year in, in, in the environment that's going on, uh, there, there's, there's no easy games here. And, you know, the difference is also, it's not much of a home field advantage that you, you would get in a playoff game where you've got your rabid crowd with all the noise that's causing headaches for the opposing quarterback. You know, that his team can't hear the signals. You know, there's a significant home field advantage that's lost because you haven't got 80,000 screaming fans down in uh, the stadium in Buffalo. I don't even know what it's called anymore. I don't think it's called Rich Stadium anymore, whatever it's called these days. Um, then uh, don't mean to be disrespectful. That's just a comment on my age and the amount of sensory uh, o- o- uh, o- over uh, too much too much sensory input I have to deal with nowadays. Um, so that's taken away. So it, it sort of levels the playing field somewhat uh, in the playoffs because because the, the 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 opposing quarterback and you know his receivers and his line can actually. They can audible and, and they can actually hear hear the signals. So interesting. There's no easy matchups in the AFC uh, NFL for that matter. Not much. Uh, you, it's a lot of these games are actually pick'em games. Uh, Naz, any preference in who the Bills get next week? Well, I would think that they'd rather place to Pittsburgh than the other two. Um, the running attack of the you get Tennessee and Baltimore. It's exceptional. I think they have a better chance against the Steelers. Not to, I don't want to put the Steelers down. Any team can win. Yeah. I mean, Indianapolis was 11 and 5, right? That's a great record. Buffalo was 13 and 3. Anyways, Naz, I want you to thank you for upsetting all my Pittsburgh Steelers buddies. So uh, on that note, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers have quite a few fans in Southern Ontario and and all across uh, NFL football. On that note, uh, we've got to go to break. When we come back, we've got an NHL season. The Toronto Maple Leafs uh, hope springs eternal. Is this going to be the year? We'll be right back with Mike Wilson, the ultimate Leafs fan. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville and Headbands put our heads together to create the family game night special. 
Get two large pizzas with six toppings between them, four dips, six bread knots, or one pound of potato wedges, plus a free headbands board game. All for just $36. It's the most fun you can have with your bubble. Order at pizzaville.ca, the Pizzaville app, or pound 3636. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. His only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Today, also Lou Leapin, Lou Franceschetti. And also joining us this morning, the ultimate Leafs fan, Mike Wilson. Good morning, Mike. How are you? How are you doing, boys? How's things in Toronto? I'm in sunny Florida here this morning right now. Oh, my God. You're in Florida. You yeah. The ner- and you got the nerve to tell us that. You're soaking well, up all that sunshine. The thing about it is, is that it's, we're not doing much. Go for a walk when nobody's around. Go to the gym when there's nobody there, and I sit in the balcony the rest of the time. So that's the only real difference. So basically, yeah. isolated. Except the weather's a, the weather's a little bit more cooperative, and it's uh, beautiful to go for a walk and uh, get, probably get a chance to swing a few clubs as well. Nothing wrong with that. Anyways, Mike, uh, congratulations once again on on your book uh, books. I should say they've been. Uh, Noticed uh, they've been on social media. Uh, the book, of course, on on your on your the great road trip that you did a few years back, and of course, my my favorite of yours is the uh, is the book about the room with all your memorabilia. Uh, great work, keep it up. Congratulations, um, Mike. NHL season is starting. The Leafs are starting. It's fifty six games. It's a COVID nineteen world. Um, what are your expectations for this season? What, uh, first of all, from for the for this specific issue, this specific edition of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and just for hockey in general? Well, I mean, I mean, the good thing is that the game is being played and the season's going on. And as far as the, so that that's a win right there. Uh, as far as the Maple Leafs go, 
I mean, the expectations are always so high in this hockey club. I mean, well, you know, Lou knows he played in this city. I mean, you know, there's most teams look to try to make the playoffs. And the Maple Leafs, the expectations are Stanley Cup every year when, you, when the media gets involved and everybody else. So, you know, it's no different every year. I like the moves they made in the offseason, only from the standpoint they're so restricted on their cap space. And I think they set the bar really well right off the bat by the move they made with Kapanen. They got a great return. And, they, and, and right away... All the guys they brought in, I, I love the fact that, you know, these guys, you know, they're on their last legs. And are they really going to be a big contributing factor? I mean, it remains to be seen. I think the subtle message in all of this, especially with Thornton being moved to the front line, is that Matthews, even though he's their best player, they're asking to take his game to another level. And that next level is on the defensive side. He's one of the best strippers of puck in the National Hockey League. Uh, he, somebody's going to have to go and get the puck. And it's going to be up to him to do it. And with those guys playing well below the dots and Marner and, and Thornton, that should give them something. But the whole and he's going to get rewarded with power play minutes or penalty killing minutes. Simmons is on his fifth team in three years. He's going to give, be given an opportunity to play. Vessi's knocking him is his work ethic. And, you know, he's been a bit of a lazy player. And if you get the Buffalo version, he'll be, well, as we say with him and Simmons, you know, the clock is ticking and the beer leagues are calling, so be ready for that. <laughs> but I, the, the thing I like about the fact that what they're doing is they're putting these guys in positions to not fail. And it's up to them. Uh, they're going right for it. If these guys deliver, it's great. If they're not, there's lots of guys knocking the door to come in. But the key, I think, will be on the defense. I think the one guy, one guy has to merge always and uh, step up and sort of take that leadership role and come out of the sort of pack. And I think Clutton is that guy only from the standpoint that he's got that experience but they're going to get pushed. So for once, and the one thing Kyle Dupes has always done, he's shown since he's taken charge that he's made it a very competitive environment for players, including the goaltenders, and the best players are going to play. And what more can we ask? Uh, Naz, uh, your impressions, what are you expecting from the Leafs this year? Well, I expect uh, the guy to have the breakthrough year is William Nylander. He had 31 goals last year, which people don't realize. And he looked terrific last night in the scrimmage. T.J. Brody, look out. He looks like Jake Gardner. And he gives the puck away quite a bit. And uh, I wonder if he's going to last. I hope he does. Uh, Lou, uh, NHL season coming up. Toronto Maple Leafs season coming up. What uh, What's in your crystal ball? Uh, you know what? I really haven't followed any hockey at all uh, in the last couple of weeks. So I just want to get – I want to wait till these guys get started and see what kind of hockey that uh, – well, you haven't missed much. Not much has happened. Uh, I know. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just like with, with them going through the blue and white game last night uh, and the, everything leading up to uh, up to the protocols and all that and, and to the start and to the restrictions that they have. Uh, it's going to be an interesting year. And I think uh, what's going to make it that is that uh, they're in an all-Canadian division. And uh, they're going to get a completely different style of hockey from the four teams that they're playing out west. Uh, and I wouldn't uh, estimate either Ottawa or Montreal uh, this year either, especially the way uh, Montreal ended last year and the uh, and the new roster that Ottawa has this year. They're going to be in. They're going to have their hands full. And I, I really want to see if uh, if this team is any different than it was uh, the last couple of years. And I want to see a little bit of grit. Uh, I want to see a little bit of pushback. Uh, and I want to see that little competitive edge that they never had, uh, even though they, they do have the talent to go with, with Tampa and, uh, and all the top teams in the league. I just want to see that other end that will bring them to the top.
Well, I, I'm kind of, uh, I don't know if I want to use the word excited, but uh, I guess thankful or however you want to describe it. We don't have to, uh, we don't have to butt heads with, uh, with Tampa and Boston, although Boston seems to be severely depleted compared to, uh, the prior editions of the team, but it's a whole new, whole new dynamic for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You've got to finish in the top four and in, in, out of six Canadian, uh, teams. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see a lot more Connor McDavid. Let's put it that way. Uh, the rivalry with the, with the Habs is going to heat up. But I'll throw this out at you guys. I want to hear your comments. I think the big key, the big key for the Leafs and perhaps for every other team in the NHL is keeping one goalie away from the other goalie. Uh, distancing your goalies. Uh, it's only a 56 game schedule. Uh, it's highly competitive. It takes, it takes, you know, consistency throughout the season to make the playoffs. Um, this year, I think the number two goalie and the number three goalie are probably going to be more important than they ever have been. There's so many back to backs. There's so many three games in four days or five days. Uh, you get two of your goalies come down with COVID or three of them, you're in big trouble. Um, uh, let me throw that out to you guys, Mike. Mike, uh, your, your assessment uh, of, of that opinion. Well, I mean, I think that that goes with the, with every player because if even if when where's the goalie going to sit in another room and you know not be around the whole team because if he infects one player, it can infect them all. So that's just the the level that these players are going to have to be committed to, and that is just going to the rink and going home and not going anywhere. And and just like when they're playing the bubble, they're going to have to extend that to just using it as their own home base and, and do the same thing. So, you know, you're right about the goalies, though. I mean, you're, you, there's no room for error here because it's such a short schedule that every game matters, and at least play every other night, as a matter of fact, to start off with. So that that alone is going to mean that Jack Campbell's going to get some spots and he's going to get a chance to play. And listen... The best guy is going to keep the net. There's no maybe Freddie gets number one on the title to start off with, but it's if he's not playing well enough and Jack out plays him, it's his job. Naz, uh, your thoughts on uh, goaltending? Are the Leafs, uh, you know, between Freddie and Jack, and uh, you know, I think Hutchinson's in the mix again, if I'm not mistaken. Hutchinson got way. He got way last night. Dell. Oh, he got way last night. Yeah. Okay, so he 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 is he been picked up by another team. No team has picked them up. No. Okay. Clean no. up with Marley's problem. Is the uh, Naz is the Leafs goaltending uh, good enough? Is Jack Campbell um, is he going is he going to be able to essentially play at an almost number one level? Because I got to think he's going to get into a few games with all the back to backs that are going on this year. I go by what Mike Tudor said. He had him in Los Angeles, and he said that uh, he's a quality goalie and he'd be very very good. So I got to. Go with Mike. Mike Tudor said two weeks ago. I think they're up, they're fine in that, and uh, it's going to be a split of games. I think between the two goalies. Lou, overall, uh, the Leaf pickups. We've got uh, Jumbo Joe. We've got Wayne Simmons. We've got Bogosian. We've got TJ Brody, uh, Jimmy Betsy, if I'm not mistaken. Can't keep track of them all anymore. Uh, we've got the kid coming up, uh, Nick Robertson, who uh, looked pretty good in the playoffs last year. Uh, what do these uh, what do these uh, changes mean for the for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, at least now they got some babysitters uh, uh, for all these young guys. Uh, you know, Joe Thornton's going to be a Hall of Famer. Wayne Simmons is going to 
when they signed him, I think, uh, you know, I think it's a little bit, probably about three years too late. Uh, Jimmy Vesey was originally supposed to sign here with Toronto coming out of uh, college uh, on the East Coast, and he decided to go, uh, I think, to the Rangers. So it's it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting year. I, I like the changes that they've made uh, uh, because you got some guys now that that are uh, that they're, some of the young guys are going to look up to, like Austin Matthews and Nylander. Uh They've got some guys that they can look up to right now, and really uh, they don't have to carry the burden. But again, uh, they have to step up. They have to play with their A game. And with Anderson, this is a, this is a contract year for him. He has to. He has to perform, and and from what we from what I've seen, is that Sheldon Keefe is not going to be scared to pull the plug uh, halfway through the season. That if he sees that Campbell uh, is going to be a viable number one and sit Anderson down because he uh, he's not playing up to uh, his capabilities, uh, I could see Campbell probably ending up as the number one goalie at the end of the year. Interesting. I uh, got a couple of minutes before we got to go to break, so I want to I want to throw it around this round table and get everybody's opinions. Uh, who, uh, where do you see the Leafs finishing this year? How far are they going to go in the playoffs? Who are going to be in the Stanley Cup? Which two teams will be in the Stanley Cup final? Mike, uh, I'll throw it out to you first. I, I don't like to make predictions like that. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I always try to stay away from that. But Toronto, if you look at it, I've gone through all the rosters in the in the Canadian division, which is great. You've got that, and you've got the rivalries all coming back and all that. So that that's terrific stuff for hockey. Toronto is probably the deepest in talent of all the Canadian teams. So theoretically, and on paper, they should finish first, but that doesn't always happen that way, as we all know. And it's going to be, to me, the key for Toronto. If those their acquisitions and their second-tier players play above their level, Toronto should win the Canadian division. You got to expect that the stars are going to perform, and I mean that's what they're paid to do, and that's what they've been doing. And this is year five for those guys, so they they will take it to another level themselves. We hope, but it's the second tier guys that will be the critical point for the Maple Leafs. If the Leafs do that, and they have that success from those guys, then much to see as this Toronto team will go a long way. Mike, I'm not going to let you off easy. Which two teams are going to be in the Stanley Cup Finals? I, you know what, I haven't believed in. I mean, one of the teams you have to pick is Colorado. And because I think Colorado was just right there and there was, I mean, they, they went down to their third goal. They went down to their third or fourth goalie with Hutchinson last year, as a matter of fact. Uh, that's a really deep team. That's a well coached team. I think you got to look at them. Uh, you can never ignore Vegas. Uh, as far as coming back this way, you know, I, I, I don't want to jinx them, but you know, one of the Canadian teams, let's put it that way, will be in the final. There's my call. Thanks, Mike. Ness. I agree. One of the Canadian teams will be in the final because they're automatically going to the semifinals. So it gives them one series to win. So yeah. Mike is right. Canadian team is going to be in the, in the final. I think the Leafs will finish first, but lose out in the semifinals. Wow. Okay, Lou, you next, and then I'll uh, I'll wrap it up <laughs> on this note. Uh, you know, I I I probably see the Leafs ending up in probably second or third in that division uh, and, and I'm hoping they get by the first round again I, I don't know uh, what team's really going to show up uh, there, there's too many ifs, ands, or buts uh, for everybody in this league uh, on on what's going to happen especially uh, with this uh, with this virus going around which probably could have a large selling in 
certain players uh, on the discipline that they have. Uh, I couldn't even name two two teams that are going to go be in the finals. Colorado's definitely one. Uh, Vegas. Uh, I wouldn't even count out with Dallas again. Uh, but if I have to pick a team from the uh, uh, from the Canadian division, I would probably go with uh, with Edmonton, just because of the, the McDavid. Okay, on that note, I'm going to wrap it up. I uh, my thoughts, Colorado. I um, for the lack of goaltending last year, they probably should have been in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, I think they'll they'll get that fixed this year. I think on the other side, it's a really 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 tough call. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Leafs, guys. I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, if they get uh, if they get if if they get a number one A and a number one B from Frederick Anderson and Jack Campbell. Watch out for the Leafs. But on that note, Mike, we wish you all the best. We thank you for joining us. We will stay in touch and uh, just bring us up to date on your podcast. I know you're doing a podcast with uh, with Rick Vibe. Uh, tell us how that's going. Well, it's going really well. Uh, we, we've just uh, we dropped our first episode of the new year yesterday with Curtis Joseph. Uh, it's a great lesson. Uh, Squid uh, is getting uh, much much better as, on the, on the podcast as, as hopefully I am getting a little better ourselves. Uh, we're really excited. We get a lot of uh, great guests lined up in the next little while, and uh, hopefully, people will keep listening. We certainly will. Mike, thanks for joining us. We've got to go thanks to for break. Me. It's always a pleasure, Mike. We've got to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be talking some golf today, and we've got our friend Sean Clement. We've got Eduardo Montaz calling in from Paris, and it's going to be an interesting segment about a different way of looking at the game of golf. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced the Medium Gourmet Pizza Special. Get a Medium Gourmet Pizza for just $13.99. That's like flying first class when you only paid economy. You're up front, sipping champagne and stretching out in your luxuriously wide berth. Instead of having somebody kick the back of your seat, then the guy in front of you decides to recline his Pizzaville, seat. Stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. He has only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca 
There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Uh, as usual, joining me, my co-host, Naz Marchese, and also Lou Franceschetti. And uh, we got the opportunity this morning to talk about something I'm incredibly passionate about. And uh, I came across a gentleman uh, that inspired my passion uh, a few years back, a gentleman by the name of Sean Clement, if you've been listening to the Nazawali Sports Hour over the last few years, Sean's been a good friend of the show, has come on from time to time and shared his passion and his insights. Uh, so we've got Sean on the line today. We're also pleased to welcome uh, one of Sean's students, uh, Eduardo Moncaz, who's in Paris, but the student has become the teacher. So uh, Sean Clement has a unique and inspiring way of looking at the game of golf. He's passed on that passion to Eduardo, who's in Paris, France this morning, and Eduardo has passed his passion and that knowledge on to so many other pupils. Uh, it's easier to do it today by way of social media. And this week, we're pleased and thrilled to announce the publishing of a book by one of Eduardo's uh, pupils, Virgile Pache. The, the book is called Golf and the Grail, the quest for inspired golf. It uh, in, puts into uh, into words the teachings of the master, as I call him, Sean Clement. Um, so I'm thrilled to get into that and the whole the whole discussion about uh, golf, looking at it in a different way. Sean, happy New Year! How are you this morning? Oh man, nice to see you guys or to, to be with you guys again. Uh, happy New Year to all of you and. Uh, Great to be with you this morning. Interestingly enough, I should let our listeners know, uh, Sean is now the director of golf at the Royal uh, Quebec Golf Club in Quebec City. So that's where Sean is this morning. And we're pleased to welcome to the National Wally Sports Hour, Eduardo Montaz. Eduardo, how are you this morning? I'm feeling awesome, you guys. So happy to be here today with you. I've been listening to the show for a long time and all your interviews with Sean. And I'm so pleased today to be with you guys. Uh, and we're so thrilled to have you, uh, Eduardo. I'll start. I'll, I'll start with you. Um, we're talking about a a way of looking at the game of golf. Um, one of your students has put that into words in a fascinating way. The book is called "Golf in the Grail: The Quest for Inspired Golf." Uh, very simply, tell us a little bit about your student, uh, Virgile Pache, and uh, tell us about the book. And what is inspired golf? Uh, thank you for your wonderful presentation. Actually, Virgil is my student for the last seven years. Uh, we met in Paris. He's living in Roma. And he came over to see me uh, the same way I came to see Sean a long time ago. And we fell in love as friends. And uh, one day, uh, Virgil told me something that changed my life. He said to me, uh, videos are awesome. What you do with Sean is awesome. But the, but the book is eternity. So we started to work on this book book for the last four years. And this book is unique because it is the pupil's book and not another book written by another teacher on how to play golf. You see, this this book describes the two aspects, the two sides of the same middle, lightness and darkness, joys and pains, performing and complaining, enthusiasm and discouragement. That's why it's a wonderful book. Sean, I want to bring you into the conversation. Uh, you and I uh, hooked pads 
you know, I, I had the opportunity to think about it yesterday. I don't remember the, the first time, but I, I, I sort of think I caught you at the Richmond Hill uh, Golf Learning Center where you spent so many years. You were, you were, I went there to hit balls one day, and I was listening to you teach a student. And I was fascinated by your approach to the game uh, and how you taught it in, in, its, in, in, in sort of a, in a different way. And you, you have become wisdom in golf. You've got millions of people who follow you around the world. Uh, tell us about your uh, your first time uh, you and Eduardo got the opportunity uh, to discuss this inspired golf. Uh, how did how did that all come about? <laughs> that was pretty crazy, man. The um, I had uh, gotten a couple of emails from uh, Edward. And, um, I, I noticed that he was a very, very passionate individual. I mean, he's, we've been, uh, we've been working together now for over 10 years. I mean, this guy is an unbelievable teacher, uh, coach, uh, for anyone who, uh, who's going to be in Paris or who's going to be in Europe and who wants to do uh, something with their golf game. I mean, this guy is my number one centurion in, on this planet. And uh, I couldn't be prouder to have him by my side. And uh, so he says, listen, I, I want to come and see you. I want to come and learn from you. And, uh, you know, with all that enthusiasm and that passion, I said, all right, come on over. He stayed at my place in, in Toronto. And uh, when he showed up at my doorstep, I looked at his golf swing and I'm going, I was like looking at myself in the mirror. <laughs> it was it was unbelievable. The, um, the all of the knowledge that I had on YouTube was just being regurgitated back at me and uh, I knew I had somebody special in my hands and uh, it's been uh, it's been phenomenal ever since um, I, I'm just what I'm gonna I'm gonna beg uh, Naz and lose forgiveness I'm just gonna follow this for one more one more question and I I'll, 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 Naz and Lou I'll get you guys involved um, I, I find I, I just got the opportunity to download the book last night from uh, Amazon from the uh, or it was Apple iTunes if I'm not mistaken and it just struck me, uh, it, it's a fascinating book if you're into, it, the, the interesting thing about, or the fascinating part about golf, it's a mystical sport in a way that no other sport is. And what you, what you, what the author here has managed to, uh, thread into the whole book is the whole mysticism of golf. And we talk about Ben Hogan, we talk about the secret, we talk about Mo Norman. It, it mm. reminds me of my favorite golf movie, The Legend of Bagger Vance, the great book, yeah. Golfing the Kingdom. It's all there. But Sean and Eduardo, uh, what I want you to share with our listeners, Sean, you first, and then Eduardo, you guys have a different way of looking at golf. You have a different way of looking at the golf swing. It's it's not 93 different manuals sitting on <laughs> a desktop. It's not hitting a thousand balls at the range every no. Saturday and Sunday. I want you to share with our listeners golf. How do you, how do you, how do you play inspired golf? First Sean and then Eduardo. Sean? Well, my, uh, my favorite um, story is, uh, one of my favorite stories is Pinocchio. And I keep telling my students is, you're already Pinocchio without the strings. You know, if, if what I've, what my forte is, is I've, I've studied how the human machine works. I started with anatomy and then with all of the doctors and neurologists that I've seen, uh, I was pointed in the right direction. And I come to realize that, hey, 
Your machine is self-preserving. It already knows what to do. It works at 40 million bits of information per second. And all you need is the right task, and the swing magically shows up. So it's not about you being defective. There is nothing defective about any of us out here. And we show you how amazing you function when you're turned on to the right tasks. And this is what we've been teaching for a long time. And then, you know, the way that Virgil, Edward's student, and I'll let Edward lend in on that, um, the guy is an absolute brilliant writer. He's a brilliant historian. And how he brought all this together is just, I, I'm just eternally thankful for the two of them. Eduardo, what, yes. uh, what's different about, um, I mean, we know we've got Sean as the master. He's, he's the Zen master, as I call him. Um, he's just a fascinating guy. I mean, I, 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 I've taken lessons from him in the past. I wish he was in Toronto still, but I wish him the best. <laughs> he's doing great work in Quebec. Um, Eduardo, the light bulb went off at you at some point in time. You know, I, I read I read as much of the book last night as I could. Uh, I'm dying to get a, uh, a, a a hard copy of it. I want you guys to sign it at some point in time for me. It's gonna it's gonna for take sure. a valuable place in my library. But the, you you suffered in golf. Uh, you're an unsuccessful golfer for 15 years, and then exactly. you got inspired. Tell us about that transformation. Uh, I'm going to answer this on the quest because, you see, this book also uh, is an aventure novel, you see. Uh, it tells the story of each and every one of us, our suffering, from Star Wars to Indiana Jones, through the legend of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. You have all this in the book. It is always the same quest with the same steps to find the grail, you see. Discouragement and the force that delay progression, the blindness and darkness. And nonetheless, the call for adventure. That's what I had with Sean. <laughs> and then meeting my spiritual guide, which makes possible the initiation and the initiatory journey we talk about. To finally arrive to wisdom, self-fulfillment, and the will to share all of this with other quest companions. You see? So this book is a perfect and unique synthesis of wisdom in golf philosophy. Why it is perfect and it's perfect synthesis? Because... It's, it makes golf simple. Making simple what is complex is the true pedagogy for me and the true knowledge. The useful pedagogy and the useful knowledge, you see. Indeed, uh, we found with Virgil from the very beginning that wisdom in golf pedagogy can be summarized in two words. You see, uh, I talk about simple. Two words. Consciousness and mastery. Consciousness of the human being and consciousness of planet Earth and mastery of oneself, and mastery of five elements, ether, fire, air, water, and earth. So actually, this book can also be read as a traité of oriental philosophy. In a way, it follows the worldwide bestseller, Then and the Art of Chevalerie, written by Eugène Erigel. And that's exactly what I want people to feel when they read this book. It's a quest. And in this quest, everyone can win. Uh, Eduardo, I'm going to turn over to Naz. Uh, Naz, I'll give you an opportunity to uh, uh, comment uh, questions for Eduardo or for Sean. Sean, what makes a good golf instructor? 
It's, um, you know, when the student comes to a golf instructor, he already has a hornet's nest above his head, and there's a few mad hornets in there. And unfortunately, more often than not, the instructor is going to shake that hornet's nest even worse and give that student a bunch of be careful, watch out. If you do this, something bad's going to happen. So you got to make sure. And uh, it really isn't how we work. I mean, we really suck at body part positioning. Like I said, we're already Pinocchio without the strings. So I'll give you a clean example. Uh, there is uh, there's these beautiful tools that are sold on the market called grass whips, or in the U.S. they call them sling blades, and they're simple little tools to cut the grass. That's the that's the way we used to do it before lawnmowers were invented. And um, if if you or anyone that you know get together and uh, grab a couple of these tools and start cutting grass every day for the next week, you would become absolute experts at it. You'd become really good at that particular task. And in essence, you would have learned a golf swing. So every one of us has done tasks such as hammering nails with hammers or cutting down trees with an axe or baseball or tennis, any sport or discipline. You've done something with your anatomy that is immediately relatable to golf that we can plug right into your golf swing and get you very successful right out of the gate in the first lesson. And that's, that's what our specialty is. When a beginner shows up at our door, the, you know, within 10 minutes, there's a golf ball that's in the air, well struck on the center of the face, a jaw on the ground, and a brand new hooked golfer ready to rock. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give you, Lou, uh, your opportunity. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, with, with, with all this technology talk, and uh, are there any new and upcoming golfers in Europe uh, with uh, with your mind and set, and, and what they're what they're learning from you guys uh, that we should be able to uh, watch in the next few years? Uh, well, Edward, I'll answer turn it over to you. Edward, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, thanks so much. First of all, I want to I want to say in front of everyone how much Sean means to me because not also he's the best teacher I've ever met in my life, but he's he's like my brother, my twin, my my best friend, and he gave me the opportunity to free my mind with the golf swing. You see, because uh, I was struggling so much like Virgil <laughs> in my ways, and I was the more I was training, the the less I was improving. And one day, after three three years working in the shadow. On, on, on Sean's work, uh, I went to see his, his stuff on YouTube and I, I started to finally understand golf. And golf, I want to tell this to everyone, it's not about a golf swing. It's about, first of all, a target. When you have a target, you have to have a flight plan to, uh, to attain this target. This flight plan will give you the right setup. This setup will give you the golf swing. So you see what I mean? Because all the guys I've been, I've been studying before, Sean, Lee Betcher, Jim McLean, Jim Marty, Peter Jacobson, and all these guys are good, but they talk about the golf swing. And like in archery, if you have no targets to react to, you have no golf swing. So what Sean did is combine a task to a target. And when people come to see us in, in Europe, 
they, they feel capable. You see what I mean? Capable because they all feel that they, they suffer so much. And, and they finally feel that they can attain their dream. And that is the quest again. You see what I mean? And that's why Sean is, is the master of golf today. And my dream, my biggest dream, you guys, is that tomorrow, wisdom in golf becomes the first, the only and first uh, pedagogy and philosophy in the world. Because we see with Sean every day people who are so happy. And what is more important than people happy with their golf? I, on that note, Edward, I want to just remind our listeners that, uh, you know, Sean doesn't keep his, he doesn't keep his teaching philosophies a secret. He's on the internet. You want to check him out? It's www.wisdomingolf.com. It's there. Go check him out. He's got some fantastic material. He's got fantastic material on YouTube under Sean Clement. He doesn't keep his knowledge to himself. He keeps it to, to everyone. And Eduardo, I just, now, I've been a Sean Clement disciple for years, and I just, you know, in the book, I picked up a couple of uh, quotes from uh, uh, from the book uh, referencing Sean. Sean Pierce, the secret. He is the guy who has found the light and who shows the way. Those are Sean. Those are pretty uh, pretty compelling tributes. Uh, tell our listeners where they can access. Um, more information on the quest for inspired golf. That's just the uh, golf season isn't in the middle of the, the swing here in Southern Ontario, but it's, we're starting to think about it. Just a, a reminder to our listeners where they can seek out your theories. Well, just go uh, to wisdomandgolf.fr for France, and that's Edward's website, and you'll see all the information there on how to get Perfect. the book. Uh, we're, we're on Amazon.ca, but I mean, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're starting small and, uh, I mean, were you able to find it easily, uh, yesterday, uh, uh, Wally? I always find your material easily because I'm pretty diligent in having to, having to look for it, Sean. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, it's never been, a, it's never been an issue getting, uh, getting into wisdomandgolf.com or on, on your YouTube. That's I get your notices all the time when stuff gets, uh, Gets that gets released, uh, Eduardo. I wanted to follow up on on Lou's question. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in terms of the professional golfers that you see out there, uh, mm-hmm. which ones would you say uh, carry the philosophy of wisdom in golf? Uh, there's many. For me, there's many. But the best advocate we can take today, and doesn't maybe know it, but it's Tiger Woods, because you see, Tiger has five teaching philosophies. And he can change his swing when he wants because he's an athlete. But at the end of the rope right now, when he won the Masters in 2019, no coach. You see what I mean? A, a real reason to play for his kids. And no way anymore to resist with her lower body against the, the upper body. So he went back to the original golf for him. Reaching a target, work the ball, fade and draws, and let's see what happens. So for me, Tiger is still right now the best ambassador for us. In the second place, you have Bubba Watson, for, for sure. And I yeah. hope that one day we will meet, Sean will meet with Bubba and Matt Wolf and all these kind of guys because they are, they are <laughs> reacting to a target, you see. But every player, listen to this, every golf player can, be, can, can come with us because that's the way the brain works. You see what I mean? So we can, we can give complexity to everyone. And what we do with Sean and make it, it, it making things simple. But for, for many people who are where we argue with, they think it is too simple to cut grass to target. 
But that's golf. You see, if you see Sam Sneak, Bobby Jones, Ben Hogan, all these guys, Mo Norman, Mo Norman, my idol, there was no track man, no cameras, no photography. There was a ball, grass, and a target. And Mo is actually the second, for me, the first guy who, rep- who represents wisdom in golf uh, by far because he was a target-bound action player, and that is what we do. Uh, exactly. We've been talking to Sean Clement and Eduardo. Sean, I'm going to give you 20 seconds to wrap it up. Unfortunately, our time is striking 10. Really quickly, Sean, uh, 10, 15 seconds, last words. Well, to, to, to add to Lou's question, there are many in the shadows that are coming out right now because golf has been taught by positional uh, stuff, you know. Uh, you know, you have to, you have to be careful and watch out and, and put your swing on video and everything else. And, and everyone is so used to that right now, but they're coming out. They're tired of it. They're, they want to calm that hornet's nest and they want to get back to the essence. And I, I, I was, I was just talking to one tour player from Europe who won three times on the European tour this week. He says, you're, I just started watching your stuff and it's just like when I was a kid. And that's what got me to the tour in the first place. And I lost my way with all this positional bullcrap, and uh, and I'm ready to come back. So I've started actually working with a tour player just this week. Uh, we've been talking to Sean Clement and Eduardo Montez. It's Wisdom in Golf. The book is Golf in the Grail, the quest for inspired golf. Sean, you know as well as I do, I've only scratched the surface of what I'd love to chat about. I'm inspired. Probably going to go down to my basement and focus on some targets and hit some balls uh, today from the yeah, inspirational man. talk. Uh, we'll have to get both you and Eduardo back soon and uh, and follow it up. Eduardo, thank you so much. Much, much uh, appreciated. Thank you. Isn't he awesome? You're so kind. <laughs> uh, Take care. Naz, uh, we got, uh, we're over our time, but I always give you the last word. Go thank ahead. Uh, thank you so much. You have to know that. Go Alabama. Okay, yeah. thank you. Thanks. Uh, we're talking all over each other. Go Alabama. Lou, thanks so much. We've got to go. Unfortunately, we're out of time. To all our listeners, stay safe, stay safe. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Thank you so much for joining us. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.